3: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Kenny, every day we are inching closer to, hopefully, Caitlin Clark and a Cleveland takeover. At least I am. I think you are. Uh, I got buddies that, I? I got buddies that make fun of me anytime I talk women's basketball. Why? They say, uh, nope, not going to listen to you. Turn in, turn in the dial what? over over, over women's basketball. And I'm saying, then you're not paying attention because the ratings are astronomical. The yes. news yesterday, Caitlin Clark was uh, leaving college. He's forgoing a potential fifth year at Iowa. About that. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Um, but I want to talk to somebody who is in a major way responsible for bringing... The women's final four to Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Dr. John Steinbrecher joining us on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Not just uh, the doctor, but also the many, many people that work for the Mid-American Conference right here in Northeast Ohio. And we've got a ton because there's so much news in college sports. Uh, We just had UMass join the Mid-American Conference. Dr. John Steinbrecher, welcome to the show. How are you? Good
4: morning. It is so good to be with you.
2: And uh, a Northeast Ohio resident. In fact, we're basically neighbors, Kenny. Really? Yeah, we're basically. <laughs> Congratulations oh, yeah. on both your successes. Yeah, maybe I'll get invited to a dinner party at some point. Uh, wow, doc- just inviting himself. That's interesting. Uh, uh, doctor, first of all, we, we just got to get to it. I, I got to say, this is this is the most buzz around a women's final four, especially considering the stakes, especially considering what happened last year and just how envious I think a lot of places are that Cleveland, Ohio uh, gets to be that place to uh, to be the location for this year's version.
4: You know, it's a wonderful confluence of events, and uh, the time has arrived for women's basketball. People are finally tuning in and saying, Boy, this is pretty good stuff. You're seeing the development of personalities, I guess, for want of a better word. Caitlin Clark and an array of other student athletes who people are now zeroing in on, and that brings a little more personalization to it. We've always had high profile coaches now we have the high profile players to go along with it and we have greater depth it's not just a game dominated by one or two teams there's a bunch of teams that could roll into cleveland and win this thing
5: is this about to be one of the busiest stretches of your career with the mec tournament happening here and then obviously the women's final four
4: you know what uh we'll have plenty to do over the next month but that's that's you live for these opportunities they're just they're terribly exciting the the women's final four. This is you know we're about seven years removed from where we started on the bid process, quite frankly, mm-hmm. and now the finish line is in sight. And you know we've we've got such a in our case we've got such a great partnership with the Greater Sports Cleveland Sports Commission, Rocket Mortgage Shield House, and then our local organizing committee. Just an array of people who have volunteered hours and hours of time to help us brainstorm the various programming and all of the stuff that's going to be going on. And it's really a great community event.
2: I know you're not supposed to play favorites and you're supposed to be just honored uh, to be the host for the women's final four. But what does this city look like if Iowa sixth ranked in the country and Caitlin Clark and their amazing team come to town Ohio State' second ranked and we know about just how good you know South Carolina the number one team in the country is LSU is is a team that people recognize faces on that team I, I know you're not supposed to play favorites but are you kind of watching these games with some rooting interest
4: well not so much rooting interest is just learning about the teams and learning more and more about the skill levels, which is just incredible. You know, I don't know if people were watching last night, Notre Dame and Virginia tech had a phenomenal game. Uh, just, uh, um, I
6: don't,
4: in a lot of ways, I don't care who rolls into town. Stars will emerge off of the court at rocket mortgage Fieldhouse. house. It's just the way it's going to be.
5: How many years in a row is this in Cleveland?
4: This will be our 24th year for the Mid-American Conference tournament uh, at what was once the Q and now Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse.
5: Uh, that's incredible. I, because my I remember, gosh, I remember when it was like 10 years in a row and my buddy Evan Meyer had written a story about it. Uh, Dr. John Steinbrecher joining us here on the show 14 years later, 24 years in a row. Tri- and we always mean this, and I know we've said the joke to you, that we make, try to make it every single year. Uh, I wasn't able to make it last year. I don't know if Tone's going to be able to make it this year because he's got a newborn, but one of us is going to have some representation of the fan over there at the tournament here. It, for you guys in putting together the tournament every single year, is there a theme? Is there something you try to accomplish every single year with the people coming into town?
4: Well, it's you ask yourself, How can you continue to improve on the fan experience? How can you continue to improve on the student athlete experience? And sometimes they're little things, sometimes they're big things. Uh, But again, I go back to we have such a great canvas to paint a picture on in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. When I was at, we had the opening, we had the tip-off press conference for the Final Four this week. And I talked about that, you know, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse is, Maybe as good an arena as there is in the world, just given the, the amount of investment that uh, the Cavaliers and the county and city have put into that facility. But, but a building at the end of the day is just steel and bricks and mortar. What makes it sing are the people that operate it. And the staff at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, I think our staff, others involved, are second to none in attention to detail and being service-oriented. And I think we hang our hat on that.
5: Dr. John Steinbrecher joining us here on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Jeep.Dram hotline. He's the MAC commissioner. So UMass is back. Can you take us through as much as you can publicly about the uh, return of the men and men to the conference?
4: Yeah. I mean, we kind of always have our radar on for are there, are there opportunities for us to improve ourselves as a league? Uh, we kind of reestablish communication uh, late fall and uh, started chatting, and it started to make a lot of sense. And what's different this time is this is all sports. This is not just kind of renting, being an affiliate member. This is coming in with everything. And that's exciting to us because they have a really broad base. They have 21 sports, so they have a deep broad-based program. They've had great success in most of those sports. Uh, Football's languished as they've come to FBS. And it was going to languish until they got a home, a permanent home. Mm-hmm. You think you think about the history of college football, there's really only been two programs that have been successful as an independent in football, and that's Notre Dame and BYU. Well, BYU's immigrated to a conference. Notre Dame is, is just unique. So we have every expectation that they're going to come in, give them a couple years. We think they're going to be a really competitive football program. They have a tremendous basketball history. You look at their soccer. You look at their lacrosse. I mean, we keep going down sports. And then on top of that, um, they're one of the finest public universities in the in the country. I think they're a top 35 public university. They match so well with the values and vision of this league. And so welcome to the Minutemen and minute Women.
2: Well, there's no doubt. We're talking to Dr. John Steinbrecher, the, commission, the Mid-American Conference located right here at downtown Cleveland. So there's no doubt that, Uh, Some conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten have been playing offense, and there have been other conferences, unfortunately, that have been relegated to having to play defense, and uh, they are subject to the whims of these power conferences to determine their lot in life. Where is the Mid-American Conference right now with everything going on in the college sports landscape?
4: (laughs) That is a really good question. I think we're trying to be who we are. That's if, if we do that, if we take care of business and try to be the best schools we can be within the Mid-American Conference, we're going to be fine because we can't be anything else. Don't try to be a Big Ten institution or a Big Ten athletics program. doesn't mean we don't want to compete with them on the field, and on an individual game basis, we'll take that on. But don't try to be something else other than what you are, um, and doing that will be just fine.
2: Has Has anything... Uh, because there have been obviously a number of challenges, high-profile stories of name, image, and likeness. Uh, we know that, you know, uh, some of the some of the congressmen tried to intervene in some of this. Courts have had their say, and so we're still settling some of this. Is there anything that had you shaking your head going, I can't believe what has happened to college sports from where I started, from where it is now?
4: Yeah, a lot of it is. Um, uh, we've literally lost. Here's what's frustrating to me right now. When theory, we're a membership association, you know, so we've all, however members we are, we've all agreed on what our rules are. We've come to a point where if you don't like the rule, instead of working within the system or working through the enforcement system, whatever it may be, you run to your senator, you run to your attorney general, and you challenge it extra social outside the association. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. It makes it hard to govern in any form or fashion. Uh, we've got to re- reimagine that and come to some agreement on what our rules are. Yeah, NIL has taken a path that I don't think any of us wanted to see, and I, and I don't mean that negatively towards NIL. It's That's a wonderful learning laboratory for the student-athletes, but it wasn't intended as pay-for-play, which is what so many of these collectives has, have evolved into. Um, it was intended as you develop a relationship with the Whatever business or whatever, and you're a promotional partner of them and things like that, we're not seeing that with a lot of stuff. We've completely lost control of our transfer rules. And we have, right now, colleges have absolutely no control over their rosters. And it's been framed most most specifically by the courts as um, a business issue, an economic issue for the student athlete. And certainly that's one lens that has to be considered. But another lens that has to be considered is the economic, excuse me, the educational outcomes that occur through all this movement. And third, we need to look at um, the roster stability, the, the competitive equity issues that are involved. You know we think about that uh, student athletes ought to be where they want to be, but they also have a responsibility to those around them. You have kids who are going to school with the expectation that Jeff and Fred and and Emily or whoever are going to be there on the roster, and then they show up and they're not there. Well, somehow we've got to come to grips with that and try and balance all that uh, if we really want to have a healthy system.
5: Dr. John Steinbrecher joining us here on the show. Lyman and I have been blessed over the last decade He with a lot of basketball coaches, me with a lot of football coaches, and there's some crossover there. And they have a lot of frustration where they have the interests of the players' best interests at heart. They feel trapped that they can't speak publicly because anytime they say anything, it gets taken apart by guys like us, media members like us, makes them to feel like they don't care about people, they don't care about their players. You as a commissioner, when it comes to the NIL stuff, do you sometimes – feel trapped going, hey, I really do have the best interests of a lot of people involved here, but no one wants to listen to me because they just think I'm the big bad commissioner of another one of the big bad conferences here and all we care about is money?
4: Well, I don't think I feel trapped. I think I'm going to say whatever I'm going to say, and then hopefully my actions, both in the future and what I've done previously, have demonstrated what my value system is and what we do, and then people will hold me accountable anyway. Um, I, I think that's the best you can hope for.
2: I have warned some people in college athletics that if this goes the way that it seems to be trending, that you have the super conference era, that it is pay to play, that the full brunt of the resources these schools have will all go towards football, which will lead to less opportunities for student athletes across the spectrum all over the country. And the response I get is, who cares? Nobody watches them. Football is what has the eyeballs. Men's basketball has the eyeballs. Women's basketball has the eyeballs. So they should enjoy the fruits of their labor. What would be your response?
4: Well, a lot of what you said is distinctly possible. And I would remind people that what separates intercollegiate athletics from professional athletics is a commitment to broad-based programs providing opportunities for young men and young women, and equitable opportunities for young men and young women. We believe that participation in sport has an educational benefit. And so that's why we run deep, broad programs. I have schools that have 16, 17, 18, 19, 21 programs. Now you say, oh, you're a business. No, if we were a business, we'd do what you were just talking about. We'd run a football program and maybe a basketball program. Instead, we're an intercollegiate athletic program and we have field hockey and we have lacrosse and we have wrestling and we have cross country because that fits with the mission of our institutions within a system of higher education.
2: All right, Dr. John Steinbrecher, one more question. And I know you got to go and uh, we're so excited that you're sharing your perspective. You're being honest. Uh, we love that about you. We know there are some people we'd have on to talk about this and they would cower to this line of questioning. Uh, but uh, a final thought. If There happened to be a facility in town, like, let's say, a humongous dome. (laughs) How would that benefit the city in your estimation, knowing that you could go after a, a Big Ten championship, maybe a bowl game that the Mac could sponsor, maybe even a men's Final Four?
4: Well, well, let me get on the record that I'm not going to pursue a Big Ten championship. <laughs> but, but yeah, it does bring other things into the conversation, depending upon other stuff around you, be it your convention center, be it your hotel space, be it all these other things. But it does open up some different avenues for consideration.
2: All right, beautiful. We appreciate you coming on. Look forward to getting a chance to talk to you again once. Uh, hopefully, we can say it. Hopefully, Caitlin Clark and Iowa and Ohio State and some of these great, revered programs could come here, bring their fans here, and also, of course, juice up the economy a little bit right here in Northeast Ohio. Thank you, Dr. John.
4: Great to be with you.
2: All right, there he is, Dr. John Steinbrecker. Outstanding. But we're getting Almost a lot of reaction. Yeah, we are. Outstanding. We are getting a ton of reaction uh, because he is somebody, he's been very controversial. He has been very controversial uh, in certain walks, um, and I love that he, he comes on. He says what's on his mind. He's been very critical of a lot of the NIL stuff that is out there and the way this, uh, this all, all this stuff is trended. All right,
5: 216-474-0092. You heard what he had to say. Uh, there is another part to this here. Now, Lyme is excited about this possibility because I got to ask you guys this next. She could be the biggest show in town next month. What's it going to take for you to watch her next year? Who is she? I'll tell you. Next on The Fan, Nathan Zagura, going to join us at 9. He's live from the Combine. What's some names you need to text yourself to be ready for the upcoming draft here in April? Ken Carmen, Anthony Lima, live on The Fan.
2: Well, it's going to be awesome. We called it the Clarkdown, Kenny. What? is that... What did we call it? The around the Clark coverage around the Clark coverage. Clark down. I thought it was the Clark down. Well, get ready to the so final it's four
5: 26. So
2: about nine o'clock, there's going to be someone else saying it's a uh, down. Ladies and gentlemen, the women's final four, Dr. John Steinbrecker of the Mac, the commissioner who's partly responsible, actually chiefly responsible along with the greater Cleveland sports commission, uh, David Gilbert, and so many others to make sure to secure the women's final four. So it's here. And there may not have ever been as many eyeballs on women's college basketball, in the history of the sport than there are this year. So you can imagine if Caitlin Clark in Iowa, my God, if Ohio State comes right down the road, uh, it is going to be a big deal. But there was news yesterday because Caitlin Clark had a COVID exception, like all the um, all the student athletes have yes. an extra year that she could have exercised. So she could have come back and continued making all the NIL money. They were estimating it at high six figures. Well, we Some were people in the were saying, of a... Damn it! People were saying $750,000 is what she made this past year. Remember, right? she yeah. is in a National State Farm ad, and she's got like five others along That's with Sean Michael's ads.
5: money from back in the day, man. That's a
2: lot. Right. So she's making a ton of money, and some people question why, why go to the WNBA before you have to. Your maximum salary is anywhere between, well, I'd say maximum because there's incentives, but $70,000 is the max salary, but you can make up to like $150,000. And they're saying, why would she leave? What if... What if she doesn't get the NIL to come along with her because the WNBA is nowhere near as popular as right now women's college hoops? Do they have a point, Kenny? Did she make a mistake? My first thought, mistake, no. I I can't say
5: it's a mistake. I just wouldn't have gone. It's not a mistake. Do whatever she... Because she's accomplished everything there is basically, except for a national championship. Mm -hmm. She's accomplished everything there is to accomplish. Like, she's got the scoring record and... All the other she's stuff. She's chasing like, the men's scoring record yeah, now, Yeah, so, right? like, all that's there. Like, what's, what's really left? Like, next year, it's just kind of more of the same. So, I can understand from her point of view. I don't think she's making a quote-unquote mistake. I just probably still would have stayed just because I think you can make more money. But I also thought, this is what I
2: considered here. Is that true, by the way? Do we not think the NIL deals, do we think they're going to go up in flames the minute she's playing no, in no, the WNBA? Well, or would those is, brands want... To see if this following continues. You got to let me finish. You got to let me finish. I was about to say
5: this. I think she's doing what LeBron did with the NBA, has done with the NBA. I think that some people have come to her. The WNBA, like, I can, this year and over the last couple of years, honestly, I can name way more women's basketball players than I can men. Way, 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 way more. I've watched more women's college basketball than I ever have in my life. On TV, I mean, I used to call women's basketball for crying out loud. But i watch way more women's basketball the last few years than I have in my entire life. I know way more of them. They are stars. But they also play for household names. I know where the Iowa Hawkeyes are. I, I know their brand. They are a name brand. They're a big name. LSU is a big, big name. UConn's a big name, so on and so forth. I can name some names of WNBA teams. I can't tell you where they play at. I thought about this during the break. I got the New York Liberty off the top of my head. Are the Sparks in L.A.? I think so. I'm not trying to be nasty here. Mitch is I'm, giving you the thumbs me, let up. Let me prove a point. Let me prove a point Mitch, to everybody. do you know
2: all the teams? Oh, I couldn't tell you all the teams, okay. but I know a good amount. I
5: know that there's a Lynx. I know that there's a Mystics. And that's about where it is. it Washington, D.C. where the Mystics play? Yep. Okay. Uh, well, okay. Hey, maybe I'm a little bit better than I thought. So I, I got like four off the top of my head, right? I said LeBron... It was, it was important to LeBron to win the in-season tournament, and the reason was is that you got to help it get off the ground. A guy like LeBron is going to bring eyeballs there. I thought you could see the way they played. It was a very important thing to him because I think he was doing right by the NBA. I think that he takes the standard of, I am in this position where I can leave legacies and help the NBA. It means more than just my own basketball team. I think he plays for legacy. I think Caitlin Clark, maybe somebody...
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink...
3: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
5: we talked to her and goes, listen, like, women's basketball is the biggest it's been. Women's college basketball is the biggest it's been with the general public. You can be one of the people that, that starts this in the WNBA. Because... I got nothing against him, but by the time summer comes around, you think about it, the NBA Finals. I love the NBA, probably number three on my three or four on my product list when I throw in auto racing. I love the NBA, but by the time the finals are over, I'm I'm getting ready for the rest of baseball season, the rest of NASCAR, the rest of F1, and I'm getting ready for football. Camp starts in July. So now I, I'm the NBA season ends in June. I'm done with indoor sports. Okay, then. so we know we know. So w- now I, yeah, I'm WNBA, not really watching.
2: WNBA has been mired forever. It's never caught on. It's been around long enough, and yet uh, in an era where you know girls that are playing high school basketball today, WNBA has been around for them for years. It hasn't really done anything to the ratings. Here's my question: I do our fans know our younger fans know the Mitch Spinell's, Andrew Hodges of the world. Did they know? That college basketball, men's college basketball, rated higher than the NBA championship, the NBA finals, basically every year up until 1986, 87. Did you know that? No. Um, I, I figured you would just because you knew college basketball was like the number number three in this country behind MLB and NFL. For But it was, I mean, we talk about the Georgetown years of Patrick Ewing, you know, growing up and then that eventually became... Duke and UNLV and the Fab Five. It was not until, you know, when Bird played Magic in what was it, 1979? Yeah. 24 million people watched that, which was way more than the NBA Finals that year. Mm -hmm. That same year, I have it right in front of me. You know what the NBA Finals were that year, 1979? Seven million. College basketball was bigger than professional 70s were a basketball. down
5: year or a down decade for the. NBA. It,
2: it. What Terry Pluto has written yeah. about it. So That's probably where I learned that from. With so Terry. what happened? What changed? Those guys graduated. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson then went to the NBA, we know, then Michael Jordan years or later. Could we have
5: an Angel Reese versus Kevin Clark. Could that happen?
2: Why couldn't it happen, knowing that we're I, so much more open to women's basketball, women's we sports, we know about women's but soccer? I think it's as simple as, like, I, yeah, there are some die in the wool
5: sexists out there that are rolling their eyes and probably already turned us off for crying out loud. <laughs> but there's also, I'm telling you, man, you're playing in the summer. I'm done with indoor sports. I'm done. I'm getting ready. For, I told you, I just explained what it is. I wish they played in the fall. Fall, I'm down with it. I'm down with basketball. It's cold outside. I wish they started in the fall and played in the winter, I should say. It, it's cold outside. I'm down with it in the wintertime. There, there's always, like, a, the part of the, the, the lore of college basketball once I'm starting to get out of football is, like, the Big Ten, and they show the sure. establishing shots, and people are walking into Chrysler Arena when there's a foot of snow outside, and here we are, we're in January, and it's a Big Ten game. And, like, that's part of the fun of it. And so that's what I think of when I think of college basketball and all the other stuff that you had just said because we were kids at that time. And now I, I'm like, man, summertime, I'm going to go into an arena and watch basketball. Mm-hmm. I just watched basketball for the last six months. So, yeah. Unless ti- I'm a hardcore basketball So you're fan, saying I'm not the
2: in. timing, it's not the players, it's the timing. I, I, They're I, as big of stars as they've ever been. Maybe I'm wrong. I
5: don't think, yeah. the, and the brands are just, the brands are not the product ladder is I, the New York Liberty are not in the same ilk yeah. as me for do not hold the same prestige
2: LSU but let's be honest Tennessee if, UConn, if Caitlin the whole deal Clark's following continues if those people that root for Caitlin Clark and pay $435 to watch her final game of the season against Ohio State this weekend uh if that happens if they follow they'll they'll follow no matter what time of year right those those people those watching those games will yeah. yes but the whole point the of it is the WNBA has get, not had that. There's been no hardcore following that's jumped from and, college and that to will the pros. Give, that
5: will give you a jump, but what you also want is you also want the general fan in there. Like I can't keep comparing everything to the NFL; it's not fair. But like golf, golf enjoyed twenty years with Tiger Woods with the general fan, where a lot of people who didn't even golf started golfing. Our generation, that whole thing. You have you have little blips where they become the biggest thing, or at the biggest time for the biggest thing with the most eyes watching them. And this is an opportunity for them to put those two out there, have a rivalry going on, and get some people interested. But I, I can't tell you that while I'm watching Iowa play Ohio State this weekend, while I'm watching all these other things, I'm not – I can't promise you I'm going to be watching the Mystics and the Lynx in July. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just not. I'm going to have – on a Sunday, I'm going to be watching the Gardos <laughs> – and I'm going to be paying
2: attention to to NASCAR. That would bring me to my next question, my final question about this, because I'm fascinated by this because we've never seen this. We've seen really good college players. She might not even be the best. I mean, there have been really, really good college players, Uh, maybe even better than Caitlin Clark. They just didn't score as much as her, all-around players. But they didn't have the mass appeal and the industry, what's become an industry here of Caitlin Clark, where she's so big that national brands are throwing their money behind her and they're seeing it pay off in a big way. You said you wouldn't; you probably would not watch it. It would all depend. What if you had daughters? What if your wife was into it?
5: Oh, then I'd try that, it out. That's, I'd watch
2: it. That's what I wonder because the amount of people that told me that they were going down to Columbus with their daughters to watch Caitlin Clark yeah. about a month ago and they paid big money to do it, that's what I wonder. Is there a chance to if, grab those individuals? If Ismeister Jones was 14 years
5: old and playing middle school basketball for Bay right now, and you were like, hey, we're going down here, I'd go with you, and I'd, be, I'd support it. I'd absolutely be in on it. 216-474-0092. I don't have daughters, but if one of my friends like you had one, I'd, I'd absolutely support that because it's, it's a chance to see something special. Will Caitlin Clark get you interested in the WNBA? You could be absolutely brutally honest. Two one six four seven four double O ninety two to below 92. Nathan's Gurr at 9, and because he's going to tell us about some of these picks that you need to take a look at. And I'm willing to bend, not break, but bend one of my golden rules on the offensive line. Next on the fan. Coming in hot, 940. Please keep your comments within the boundaries of good taste. 940. And Mitch please, a very special Mitch please at 940 as well, right before coming in hot. Apparently, Mitch has something that you're going to love. It better be worth it. To go before coming in hot, Mitch, it better damn well be worth it. 216-474-0092. Could Caitlin Clark move the needle for you with the WNBA? Will she get you interested in the WNBA now that she's declaring for the WNBA after this year? Now, you asked me a very pointed question right at the end of the segment. You said, well, if you had a daughter, would you? I was like, yeah. The only, the, the only issue I have is timing. By the time the NBA is done, I'm done. I'm done with basketball.
2: I mean, I, I know someone who spent more money because of their daughters, they spent more money on watching Caitlin Clark than they did on the Browns, Cavs, or Indians this year. Like, that's how much that game was and the trip down to Columbus. and that oh, $49 at, monthly pass. I yeah, mean, that's right. You know, And that individual is not a women's basketball fan or a girls' basketball fan, doesn't care about Iowa, doesn't care about Ohio State. They went for their daughters. And so I asked him, I said, are you converted? He said, well... I don't know if I'm going to become a diehard WNBA fan. We don't have one in our city. Am I going to have the pom-poms and uh, the foam finger? No, but my daughter, my daughters, they thought it was the coolest thing of all time. Well, I like sports, so sharing a general
5: interest would be, I, I think it would be easy for me. I mean, unless I just hated basketball that much, and I don't. I love basketball. It's To me, it's, again, just the timing of it. When in college basketball is in the winter, And it's easy to get going because it's an indoor sport. By the time summer comes around and the NBA season's done, I'm kind of done with basketball. Matt and Wycliffe, hello. Hey, guys, how's it going? I'm doing well, Matt. Well, I think Matt, all right, Lima, I think he's okay, but, you know, he can answer you too. Matt, take it away.
7: I mean, uh, maybe I'm okay. Maybe you guys are okay. Who knows? Let's exchange (laughs)
5: more pleasantries here on the radio. That's my fault. Matt, go right on ahead.
7: (laughs) So I I think the biggest thing to hamper, like the thing that a lot of people kind of forget is, even you know, like professional football, college football had what, like a what, 30, 40 year head start. You know, you you yes. see like all the you know, uh, Army Navy games or you know Michigan whoever games from like you know the eighteen nineties with, uh, you know, what's the name it Yost or Fieldyos or, or I don't yeah. know. Uh, oh yeah. But like everyone forgets, you know, like like that college football was you know way more popular than the NFL for the longest time and and i think some of that like uh with uh women's college basketball is you know everyone got to know the uh the UConn teams and i think that also kind of was a detriment to college or to women's basketball it like cuz i almost feel like you know unless you were like uh you know diana Trozzi or uh, i'm or i you know i felt like Gino and UConn for years kind of sucked the air out of women's college basketball because they were so overly dominant. Boy, that oh, yeah, that's true. Like,
2: they got all the best players. They all went there. <sighs> yeah.
7: So, so I, so I think the fact that now you have like you know someone like Caitlin Clark, you have you know uh, team like LSU, you had Angel Reese, you actually mm-hmm. had like had like storylines now. Like, and I think this gonna sound messed up, but I think where where the WNBA and women's college basketball needs to focus. It's like some of these smaller markets,
5: like like Louisiana, Iowa, I, like the NBA does. Uh, Matthew, you're not. That's not messed up. That's that's. I, it's a great point. I think it's a great point. Like the NBA, they won't admit it, but they love being the only thing in Memphis. They love the you know they love being the the team in Portland. They they like that uh-huh. type of thing. Oklahoma they like, City. They, you know they they look at what the markets are. They they look yeah. at Cleveland going well. Can we be number two behind the NFL in Cleveland? Yeah, let's go ahead and go right, after I think that.
7: I think I think I think they need to do like the same approach the NHL did, where it's like, hey, there's no team in, in uh, Vegas. We need to make our footprint there. And and look, the, the NHL arguably still has a bigger footprint than the uh, Raiders in in Vegas.
5: Yeah, Matt, I I think it's a good call, and I thank you very much for it. 2-1-6-4-7-4-0-92. Dave and Westlake. You're next up on the
8: fan. Two days in a row, you guys. But I, I I'm listening, and I just wanted to comment about Caitlin Clark. So I have a 10-year-old daughter who plays basketball, is way into the NBA, has gotten me back into the NBA, and we love the Cavs, but interesting, we were talking today, because on a different station, they were talking about what was the Cleveland, you know, the WNBA team, and nobody remembered the Rockers. And so my daughter's like, well, Dad, how come we don't have a team, because she said, you know, it would be cool, but I need someone to root for because she loves Donovan and she loves uh, uh, Karis Lavert. But, you know, so I think that would be one factor as far as, you know, kids. I mean, that's my kid. But she's watching games, not just the Cavs. I mean, she's watching like Philly and Milwaukee. I mean, it might be rare, but I attribute it totally to the fact that she plays basketball. And I think Anthony was talking about a friend that has a daughter as well. Um, that I think that's a factor, and I would totally embrace it and Caitlin Clark is great.
5: Dave, thank you very much for the call i I think that these right now you have as good an opportunity as you ever had with these two people with with Angel Reese, with Caitlin Clark. you go back to the tournament championship last year uh the the conversation that helped out during it. There was a lot of strong stuff. I mean, you you compared it to Magic and Bird in 79, and you came up with a lot of facts. that Again, this is before my time. You were born in, what, 80, 81? So this is before our time where, yeah, the numbers prove that the NBA was languishing at that time in the 1970s, even though we look back on it poetically, but the the viewership wasn't there. Men's basketball was much stronger in college than it was in the NBA, and then those two were able to switch it. I don't know if you're going to just switch over, but you could have a tremendous jump that's, in, in that's professional women's basketball. Yeah, that's kind of what, yeah, kind of what I'm
2: expecting here. Um, Steve says part of the allure of watching pro sports is they're better than us. Will that affect if we watch the WNBA? Not saying, I think I'm well, better. I know they're better than us. But you know what I'm saying. And yeah, there's no doubt, there's no doubt that the best, the best, you know, there are guys that played college basketball all over that are they're better than a lot of the players in the WNBA. Like, I understand that. Mm-hmm. And people will bring up the lack of dunking, that that because the WNBA players can't dunk. Remember, we used to have the ridiculous conversation about lowering the rim for the WNBA. But to that, I would say, like, Darius Garland. How many dunks does he have in his career? Don't we love Darius Garland? Uh, Colin, I spent all Colin week Sexton. defending Darius Garland. Colin Sexton wasn't a big dunk guy. Steph Curry's not a big dunk guy. Haven't we kind of evolved... Do, do you watch the NBA because of dunks anymore? I used to when I was younger. I got to say, actually be, I, I don't really think about it anymore. I've, looked, I've
5: liked dunks more because they're, they're, they're rarer than they ever been. Like I saw Evan Mobley have an alley-oop the other night against Dallas, and I was like, oh, this is great. You don't get to see it as much. Robert on the road, you're next up on the fan.
6: Hey, guys. Great show. I have two points on this. The first one is, is that, you know, when I, when I see Caitlin Clark's going to be on TV and she's playing, and she plays a lot now on TV. Mm-hmm. So every week. Sure, every week she's yeah, nationally yeah, televised. I, I, I actually make time to watch her because she puts up big numbers. She's so competitive. Now, will that would that translate into WNBA? Is she gonna put up thirty points a night and get ten assists? Probably and a not rebounds. Probably not. So I'm not gonna turn on the T V to watch the Indiana Fever. And A and the other, the other point of this is it's it's not gonna be as readily available on T V as it is now. And I and, and I think uh, Ken's got a great point here. If it was in the wintertime and I got nothing to do, you know, it gets dark at six o'clock in the evening, I may it, watch Indiana see, Fever.
5: And that's where it kind of comes into it, Robert, because I don't want to get too like I don't want to get too nitty gritty TV talk and things like that. Like the WNBA is on what ESPN. They need the yeah. programming in the summertime because I'm sure they're <laughs> going to turn some sort of a number there. But it's not going to turn the same type of number to me that it would with the with if it were at the same time as the NBA. But they already have these time slots a lot allocated to the NBA, so I don't know when necessarily to put them on, and I don't think that I don't think the WNBA is necessarily going to get out of out of agreements well, I mean, and partnerships
6: one, one, with the with ESPN. I have one more point for you guys, and I'd to hear you guys say the, the the Liberty, the New York Liberty, last year yeah. put together this dream team. They got the four best players. They got that that, Inescu, that the point guard from Oregon, who was supposed to be the next greatest thing in the world. But they put the four best players together last year and didn't get any ratings. So I don't, I don't think that she's going to like turn the dial on this unless, you know, when Bird and Magic came, they put up big numbers. They did. They, they put up big numbers every night. Unless she's going out and scoring 35 a night, I don't think she changes the WNBA because – of, of when they're on and, and trying to find it. Right now, Iowa's was on two, three times a week.
2: I have seen Iowa on Fox. I've seen Iowa on NBC, and I've seen them on CBS. Robert, thank you. She has played yeah. her games on national television. And remember, what is saving? What is saving the 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 affiliates? What is saving the, the networks in today's day and age? It's live sports. Yeah. So they are dying. They are. They are. If there was looking. ever a time where they could look
5: at other networks, it would be with those two. That's it. 2-1-6-4-7-4-0-0-92. Stop looking at the messenger. Stop looking at the this messenger. This is what happens. Owen we debuted a new messenger. Se- Owen is met- He's on his way to Perrysburg, Ohio, right now, and he's getting in on the messenger, and it's getting getting you away from things.
2: Big wrestling meet.
5: Yeah. Good luck to his son. Uh, can I share a little thing with you? Go ahead. What's one of the tenets I've said about offensive lines over the last time? Oh, I was how many gonna
2: years? say never get high on your own supply.
5: That too. You always got to keep it as a business. You never mix business with pleasure. What have I always said about offensive lines? The players. You don't even remember. I might as well just tell you. I've said for years, and I've been actually demeaning to people. Oh, you don't
2: like to move guys around. I don't like to move
5: guys around. However, there is a time and a place that I might kick around. Just seeing guys moved around to different places. And that time and place is during the offseason. I shared yesterday on the internet that it, during this offseason, I don't know about their health. Dewan Jones looked pretty damn healthy the other day. <laughs> of course, for the, down. the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know what Jack Conklin's health is. Mm-hmm. I, that's a big question mark. Jedrick Wills, I assume he's going to be healthy. This would be the time where I may be okay with moving Jed Wills over to right tackle moving Dewan Jones over to left, I should say, experimenting with Jed Wills at right tackle, experimenting with Ju- with DeWan Jones at left tackle, and I don't know what to do with Jack Conklin. I, I'm not sure what to do with that. That's the one missing piece that I would have with that because Jack Conklin's a good right tackle, but he's never healthy, and with that being said, I don't know what type of trade I can make for him. I know Mary Kay mentioned Bill Callahan down there in Tennessee Maybe that's a possibility there. I know everybody, the, the reactions I had to just writing Jed Wills' name down, I can't even read to you guys some of the responses I got about Jed Wills. It's too mean-spirited. But if we're talking about two of the younger guys and one, Dewan Jones, you have a world of possibilities with, the other one with Jed Wills where I think you're trying to right now pay off a number 10 overall draft pick to see where he is going to be his best at. This would be the time this offseason, after the draft, minicamp, OTA, things like that, where I might just see what it looks like. Do You think Nathan Zagura agrees with me? Oh, I cannot wait to hear him. I'll ask him that next on the...
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.